Welcome everyone. We are about to begin Bezdez Hashem Shalom Bayashir number 180. We mentioned a few times um, a book by someone, Harriet Lerner, called Marriage Rules, that has a lot of very good practical advice in it. And we're going to I'm going to share a few of those pieces of advice today. And one of the concepts is is sometimes you need to tell your spouse how you really need him or her to listen to what you're saying and what you're feeling. And she brings a personal anecdote that one of the things that she likes the best and loves most about her own husband is the fact that he has a sense of humor and is very funny and can find humorous aspects to even serious things that happen to them. And there's hardly a subject that he uh, can't make her laugh about. The negative side, though, to that gift is sometimes, um, she says, he jokes around when I really, really need him to be serious and listen to the issue and the topic. So, you know, most of the time, his um, light, um, you know, and, and his light sense of humor and his funniness diffuses the situation and makes her feel a lot better. But there are times where, because of the seriousness of the issue, or if she really feels the need to talk, she gets a little frustrated, you know, when he just makes light of it in those times. And in those times, what she does is she tells him openly, you know, right now, really, I'm not in the mood to joke to joke around. I really, really need you to listen to me now about this. And she says an important point that I believe all couples um, need to know, that it's not realistic to expect um, your your spouse to have undivided attention and total emotional presence to all the conversations that you have with them. And sometimes it's just not realistic to expect that. And when there are times where you need that quality of attention, it's like in some issue really came up and you need that attention, then you need to let him or know her know that and say, you know something, this is a topic uh, I really, really need you to pay attention and listen to me, uh, and I really, really need to discuss it. And the communication itself of doing that, most of the time the, 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 the listening person is willing to listen. And, um, and, and that, is, that is a very, very good practical piece of advice um, because sometimes that's all the other person needs. You know, sometimes they're not paying their full attention or they may not realize the gravity of whatever it is that's bothering you or may not realize how important it is right now to put their full attention to what you're saying and thinking and feeling. They have other things on their mind or they're just not aware. And by you just telling them that, you know, here is something came up and it's really bothering me and I really need to sit down and talk to you about it. And most of the time, the, the other spouse will be inclined. Okay, I, you know, now I realize you know, I, I need to focus now. This is important. So that's, that's a very um, important piece of advice that I believe is very helpful. Another issue that takes place with a lot of couples is that some um, need constantly to connect and some feel less of that need to connect and they distance themselves sometimes and 
we talked about it in the past, and it's a very important subject, about a marriage really is a balance between being separate individuals and being together as one. And it goes, it fluctuates. And marriages, in every marriage, a husband and wife have different needs for closeness and distance respectively. And um, so what happens is sometimes, for example, if, if one of them realizes the other one is not available to them, then, and they get upset about it, they automatically go into the pursuit mode. You know, and, and, and you're basically you're chasing the one who is more distant, and that sometimes create more, more, creates more problems because they'll distance more. Um, so this pursuing and distancing that couples engage in are, truth is it's a normal human interactions, and under stress that happens a lot, where one of them pursues the other one about something, and I really need to discuss this, I need some quality time with you, I really need to work with you on this, and the other one is overwhelmed by, the, by your, your needs, and they distance themselves. And um, very often, this dynamic between pursuing and distancing, that one is pursuing, the other one is distancing, causes painful situations. And, um, you know, and then sometimes one wants to engage the other one, and the more they try, the more distant and uh, detached the other one becomes. And so you need to identify when there are stress situations that come up, what type of person you are, and what is your mode when you um, are stressed. So there's something called a pursuer. Under stress, they would pursue and engage. And then there are distancers. And the truth is, in a, balance, in, a, in a marriage, the balance to learn how to unify the both and find that medium in between is very, very important. So let's first talk about pursuers. What are pursuers? Pursuers are people that when they're anxious... And they're nervous about things. They right away they want to seek greater connection in their relationship, and they'll, you know, go seek out their spouse uh, in a very strong way when they're anxious, like as a reaction to the anxiety. Oh, I really have to work this out with you and talk to you all about this. And they place very high value on talking things out, expressing feelings. And they always believe that the other spouse needs to do the same thing that they're doing when they're under stress, to talk things out and express feelings. Now, in reality, it could be that your spouse does not have that attitude or that mode, that when they're under stress, they don't want to talk things out. They don't want to express their feelings. They just want to withdraw. And you need to recognize the opposite ways how sometimes people deal with stress. So a pursuer is someone that when they're under stress, they want to engage in expressing feelings, want to cause others to do the same. And they feel rejected and they take it personally when their spouse wants more time alone or away from the relationship. And sometimes they don't mean any harm whatsoever. You know, a husband may tell the wife, um, you know, I need some time. It's Sunday morning. I need some time alone whether in the base measures to learn, whether to take my own walk and my own time. I need some space. 
And a wife could really take that very personally. And the other way around too. A wife could say, I love you, husband, but I really need this time alone right now. And, um, and what happens is sometimes is the more the one distances, this, the other one pursues harder. It's two different ways of reacting when under stress. So if someone's a pursuer, they do that. They try to seek more the uh, attention of the other spouse while the other spouse may want to seek more distance. And they may see themselves being very dependent or too demanding or too nagging in the relationship. Uh, pursuers tend to criticize their partner uh, and they say basically that they can't handle feelings or they can't tolerate closeness or they're not emotional enough. And they're constantly in a sense of urgency and emotional intensity when they're anxious. So someone has that mode of pursuing, that, that mode of pursuer, they need to understand that in themselves and try to regulate it. And distancers are the ones that have the opposite mode. They seek emotional distance when the stress is high. They're private. They're more like, I'll do it myself. Um, they have difficulty showing their vulnerability. They have difficulty showing their dependent side. And they seem to be, the, their, their spouse to, of a distancer would say they're unavailable or they're withholding or they are emotionally shut down from their spouse. And, um, and it's not always true that that's the case. It's just that's their way of coping. So we have to remember that this pattern, these patterns in marriage are very, very common where a husband and wife have opposite ways of handling stress, where one, when they're under stress, will want to reach out to the other and talk things through. What are you doing? I really need you here. Where are you? What are you doing? Let's go. I want to talk to you about this. We have to solve this problem. And they'll really be pressuring the other spouse because of their anxiety. And the other one with that very same anxiety would be their reaction is to do the opposite. I need to sort this out of my head. I need some time alone. I, I don't want to communicate. And when you recognize each one of you of what type of personality you are and how you react to stress, you'll be more inclined to understand it and to reach out and find a medium. So for example, if someone recognizes themselves as a distancer, that they're sort of introverted and they handle stress on their own and they need time alone, they need to sometimes realize when the other spouse is trying to engage in them, with them, to talk things through, even though it's not their mode and their style, it's important for your spouse though. And you work to go against your comfort zone, against your normal natural mode of distancing and engage with your spouse who wants to interact with you. And sometimes it's the other way around. A spouse that's constantly under stress will be nagging or pushing or, 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 or just really, really harping on their spouse. They need to recognize that pattern and realize, hey, you know, I need to t take a step back. I need to give my spouse a little space and not overwhelm them. And that's really a, sort of a... Um, a, a, a back and forth type of thing that could be worked on. What's interesting is, and it's also pretty humorous, but often sad, 
that a, 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 a couple, let's say an extroverted wife, would, uh, would marry an introverted husband. And while they're dating, that introverted husband was very appealing to that extroverted wife. That sort of coolness, that distance, that quiet independence, that focus, that's what appealed to her while they were dating. That's what attracted him to her. But what happens is, though, later in marriage, very often, and I'm going to say this, underlining it, very often you resent the very qualities that drew you to her or to him in the first place. That is such an important point that I'm going to repeat it again. Very often, later in marriage, you resent those very qualities that drew you to your spouse in the first place. Now it becomes a burden when before it was very appealing to you. So in other words, that's not really, you have to at some point recognize to realize how unreasonable and unfair it is. Now, if if, if let's say you were attracted to and you found um, um, as a myla the other person's uh, independence or quietness, or their more distant way of, of, of being, then, yes, sometimes the, that person needs to open up more. But overall, it's not a negative. And the more you harp on that, the more the other spouse will retreat further and further as you get more judgmental. Oh, why are you so aloof? Why are you so aloof? Why are you so distant? That causes them that judgmentalism will make them become more aloof and more distant. So instead of doing that, you can't nag, but more sort of like accept it to a large degree and in subtle ways connect. Lahavdal, it's an interesting thing. It makes a muscle a difference between two types of pets, a cat and a dog, and they're very different. Um... This is a side point, just interesting that uh, there's so much chazals on dogs, both negative and positive. And, it's, and um, cats, not much is talked about it. The morale does say, fascinating, i got to find it again. I think I saw it in, in Derechayim, in the new editions from uh, Rabbi Hartman, in the Hagos there, from another place where the morale says it, that uh, 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 on the positive side, that a dog has a certain type of a nefesh, it's a bal nefesh versus a cat, meaning a dog will interact, will have some eye contact with its owner, will want to engage, will want to have a relationship in, in, of course, that animal level. A cat, on the other hand, no, they'll sometimes, you know, sit on the person's lap and be happy there and then jump off, be on a corner, and they want their space. The dog Baderaklal does not want their space. They want to engage with their owner, generally speaking. A cat, you know, they they want to be on their own a lot. And Lahavdal, those tunas, whether a person has those tunas, if if a person by general and by, by, by default they're introverted and they want to be on their own, there needs to be a certain recognition, understanding of that personality even as they're working toward, towards integration and working things with each other. So basically, these are very, very practical, important concepts in the marriage. So number one, 
that we talked about that when you need your your your, your spouse uh, you really need that your spouse should listen to you. You need to express that need to them and say, I really need you to listen to me now. Number two, to understand what pursuers are and what distancers are because you have that in almost every single marriage relationship. And you need to recognize who each one of you is and how to handle, how you normally handle stress, either by engaging more or by distancing more and to find a healthy balance between the two. Have a wonderful day.